The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Last week's Back to Basics statement was about the Immaculate Conception, and that refers to Mary's conception in the womb of her mother, St. Anne. It doesn't refer to the conception of Jesus, and that's a perennial one. People are always going, is it this, is it that? But when you think of the Immaculate Conception of Mary, it's of Mary that we're talking about, not Jesus. So you did pretty bad, but... um, (laughs) You know, I I won't let the bishop know this, (laughs) but we're learning. And the reason why we focus on these uh, statements and uh, doctrines like this is because it's not just about Mary. It's about the goodness of God, that he so loved us that he sent this woman who said yes to God, preserved her from original sin so that she could be the mother of God for our sake. It's all for us, all for us. So we need to know our faith so that we can more and more rejoice in what God has done for us. Today's gospel is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, There's actually three chapters, chapter 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew's gospel, which is the Sermon on the Mount. So it's quite a bit of information there. And scholars will tell us that it's really uh, a a large number of sayings of Jesus that were put together in these three chapters in in Matthew's gospel. But it starts with one of the most familiar uh, readings, and that is the Beatitudes. I mean, we all know basically what they are. Uh, We can even probably recite a few of the Beatitudes. But now here's a challenge to you. Memorize all nine of them. Memorize all nine. A wonderful way of remembering what Jesus taught the people so that they would always have it in their mind so they could live the Beatitudes each and every day. So Jesus goes up to the top of the mount. Well, it's not a mount, it's a big hill. And remember, that's what Moses did. He went to the top of the mountain to talk with God. Well, Jesus goes up to the top of the hill, and it's not God per se, God the Father, but it's God the Son who is teaching the people. And he gives them these beatitudes to remind them of what faith should be about. 
And Paul does it really, really well. In fact, it's even kind of, uh, I guess you could say, insulting, because he says, you're all foolish. You're all foolish. Maybe we should have badges. I am foolish. What a great conversation starter that would be. And what Paul means is that we are fools for Christ. You know, the world says, what a bunch of idiots. You know, you're pie in the sky, following this guy. We don't even have all that much information historically on him. And yet you're putting your life on the line to follow this person. And yeah, that's it. So in the eyes of the world, we are foolish. So that should be a badge of honor. Yeah, I am a fool for Christ. But Paul goes on to say, that's what God does. He takes the humble, he takes the poor, he takes the lowly, he takes the foolish, and those are the ones that speak truth to power. You've heard that phrase. But those are the ones who are always being called forward because they're, I won't say simple-minded, but much more simple, focused on less busyness, so that they can see more clearly what it's all about. I've always found that when I have gotten to know people who were economically poor, that there were, you know, no, oh, I gotta clean up the house if someone comes in, or um, wonderful hospitality. Wonderful hospitality, no matter how little they had, because that's their focus. Now, all of us here, I suspect we have much, much more than we absolutely need, and so our lives tend to focus on what we have and keeping it clean or worrying about this or that, whereas the foolish, the poor, the, those who are not looked upon as great people in the world, they don't have to worry about all that nonsense. They can really focus on the Lord. And so in the Beatitudes... And in Paul, and in the first reading from Zephaniah, he talks about humility. Humility. What is humility? Humility is having a healthy understanding of who we are in the eyes of God. And that involves a lot of things. Number one, God is supreme, perfect. We're not. We will never become God. We have sins. We give into temptations. We're imperfect, we, we go all over the place, and yet the humble person says, yeah, that's who I am, but, and the second part of that is, because I know that, I know who to go to for forgiveness. I, knew, I know ho, who to go to to get powers and gifts so that I can do what God wants me to do. That's humility, knowing that, yes, I am not special in any way. Yes, I'm unique in the eyes of God, but I am just one of God's servants, like every servant. But because of that, that's a badge of honor right there again, because we are servants of the Most High God. In baptism, we become new creations. We become his children. So think of it as human beings, as creatures made out of the, the mud of the earth, we have been given a great gift of being children of God. I mean, you think of the dignity, the dignity of knowing God, that he is the one who created us, who loves us, who actually wants every one of us to share in his eternal glory for all eternity. Think of that. You know, I don't think we think of that. There's a phrase in the Eucharistic prayers that says, if we are faithful, 
we will be co-heirs with Jesus to the kingdom. Think of that. We, human beings, we're not God. We mess up. We ask for forgiveness. We mess up again, but we keep going. God says, if you're faithful, you will be co-heirs with God, the son of the kingdom. So what did Jesus get? Everything. Everything. And so we're being told this is our goal that God gives us. This is God's desire for us that we, and this is what the Beatitudes talk about, inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know what that's going to be like, but I know it's going to be a heck of a lot better than the world we live in. But we're here and we're called by God now to go out and try to make the world a little bit more like the kingdom of heaven. To do what we can do in our own little ways, foolish ways, whatever it is, to let other people know that there is a God, he is all-powerful, he wants everyone to come to him, he loves them, he's not going to stop loving them no matter what they do, and we have to show that kind of a God, that God in our lives. So we go out representing God. People hopefully will look at us and say, wow, there's something wonderful about that person. And as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, so next week, the, the reading will continue, and it says two things we have to be. We have to be salt. We have to be light. So those are two ways in which we have to think about, okay, how am I bringing the flavor out of other people's lives? Um, last week I said, not to this Mass, but I said to the other two Masses, the homework you have this coming week is to go up to someone, a stranger, whatever, and just say to them, you are wonderful. You are wonderful. And see what happens. But can you, that's being light. That's being salt. Because, you know, people are living in darkness and guilt and all these horrible things. And when was the last time someone came up to us and said, you're wonderful. You're marvelous. You are created in the image and likeness of God. You shine like God. Can you imagine what that would do? I mean, it changed us because... We say, wow, I actually did it. But other people would respond to that. In some way, some may just reject it, get angry. But I think many people would say, why did you say that? And then you could say, it's because it's about God. You are wonderful in the eyes of God. So the Beatitudes help us to understand how we are called to live our lives concretely. You know, it's not, humility is not something I keep up here, or meekness is not just a mindset. It's how I carry myself. It's what I do with my life. It's what I do with my time. It's what I do with my treasure. All those are ways of showing my humility, my meekness, which really ultimately focus on my total dependence on God and my deep gratitude to God for what he gives me and wants to give me. Because again, when Adam and Eve sinned, God could have said, it's over, it's done, that's it. But he didn't. And not only did he constantly send people to us to get us back on track, God himself eventually became a human being and showed us how to do it. So if you want the Beatitudes lived out, of course, it's Jesus Christ.
We look at what he did. He is living out those Beatitudes. So he didn't check into a Hilton hotel when he went preaching to people, right? He did not charge for curing people. Yes, he was critical, and that, that can be part of humility as well, knowing when we have to kind of challenge evil. But the simplicity of his life, he was totally focused on the will of the Father. He was all in. Can we say that? Are we all in when it comes to living our Christian life? Or do we have little components of it here and there? You know, just in case, just in case something happens and I can go back to my little idols. Well, that's not being all in. And again, that's the humble person who is able to say, I'm all in. And I'm going to try these things no matter how uncomfortable they may be, may be because what are the benefits of it? We never know whose life we are going to touch in a very, very simple way that may turn them around, unleash their desire for God and their determination to come to know God and follow him. So we got lots of work to do, but it's good work. And the more we practice what we hear in Scripture and the teachings of the church, the more we're going to say, wow, this is really something, Lord. I'm sure we've all had those wow moments where just out of the blue something happens, and we know, we know, it's somehow God breaking through all the nonsense that we have, and it shakes us up. Oh, wow, okay, thanks, God, for reminding me. So we're reminded today, Zephaniah, Paul, Jesus on the Mount. He's reminding us of who we are called to be and how we are called to live our lives. So, you know, reread uh, those nine Beatitudes. And, and seriously, memorize them. Wouldn't that be wonderful? So every day, one of them may come to mind and we can say, how am I going to practice that today? What would it look like for me to practice this or whatever? What would it look like for me in the face of animosity and persecution to say, oh, I'm so glad you're persecuting me? <laughs> can you imagine? That's what, they don't want to hear that. But if we do those sorts of things, we will know the power of God. Not our power, but God's power in our lives to do great things. So take home those, those nine Beatitudes. Now, St. Luke also has a sermon, but it's a sermon on the plain, and he focuses specifically on people who are economically deprived. But still, it's the idea of simplicity, humility, being faithful to the Lord, and we can all do it. So just keep in mind those Beatitudes because they're for us, and it's all about you're going to be happy if you follow this path. That's what Beatitude is all about, joy and happiness. So if you want joy, you want happiness, start with the Beatitudes, good place to start. And each day, just work on one of them. See where it goes. Push yourself to do things you might not think you were, you're able to do so that we can get that happiness, that joy, out into the world where there is so much darkness and pain, but we know what God wants for everyone, and we can bring that good news to them. So those Beatitudes, great gift to the Lord from us, and all it takes for us is to keep practicing them, to get better and better and better at them, and to know that God is with us as we practice those Beatitudes.